You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we read of the events of this day, this, perhaps one of the most important days in the history of man, the day when you fulfilled your promises that were made to the fathers, the day when you sent the Messiah, your Son, to be the Savior of the world. The shouts of Hosanna. Blessed is the King. Lord, we pray that we might learn the lessons from this day. The day when you come to each of us to present yourself as our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. Lord, may we this day receive you as such. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This week our study is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And tonight we will be studying the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Usually, my Sunday morning message comes from the passage that we will be studying that night. But we're going to break from that regular routine in as much as this is Palm Sunday. And we want to bring to you a Palm Sunday message. I had a great message out of the ninth chapter, uh, Running to Win. As Paul said, they which run in a race run all, only one receives the prize, so run that you might obtain. And I was inspired by that, and I wanted to preach a message running to win. But in about ten, about ten years when we come around to 1 Corinthians 9 again, I'll preach that message, <laughs> providing it's not on an Easter Sunday. <laughs> so uh, this morning we'd like to talk to you about the promises of God to send a Messiah, a Savior, into the world. Certainly the world was in need of the Messiah. From the beginning, God had warned that the penalty of sin was death. God told Adam that in the day that he would eat of the tree, that was there in the middle of the garden, he would surely die. And that day when Adam did eat of the fruit of that tree, he died spiritually. He lost his fellowship, his koinonia, his communion with God. The spirit died. It eventually brought physical death. 
And Paul writes, for by one man's sin entered, writes, for by one man's sin entered the world and death by sin, so that death passed unto all for all sin. The root word for sin is to miss the mark. Sin is the exercise of your will against the will of God. Thus, sin is disobedience to the commands of God. Now, the commandments of God are good. They are right. They are just. They are pure. They are holy. They are given by God for the good, God for the good of mankind. The prophet Micah said, He has shown you, O man, what is good. The law of the Lord is perfect. It's good. It's the good way, the perfect way to live. And to keep the law of God is to live the good life. David said of that man who would meditate in the law of the Lord that he would be like a tree that's planted by a river of water that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. The good life, God has given you the rules for a good life. But to break those rules is to sin. It's to exercise your will against the will of God. And that brings destruction. That brings pain. That brings death. And so God warned man that to disobey his rules would bring death. But the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. It tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one. Thus, we are all of us under the sentence of death. The righteous demands of God have pronounced the sentence of death upon every human being. The justice of God declares that we must die. For this reason, because justice and righteousness declares that man must die, God, in His sovereignty, overruled and said, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. So justice said you should die, but God says, well, I'm boss. <laughs> I can do what I want. And I'll have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. And so God in His love extended mercy unto those who would fulfill a condition. And that condition was that they would submit themselves to the Lordship of His Son. That they would receive His Son as their Messiah, as their Lord. And to those that would receive Him, He would give the power that they might become the sons of God, 
even to those who would believe upon him. Now, obtaining this mercy of God and not having to die for my sin, we call salvation. That is, I have been saved from the penalty of my sin. I have been saved from death. The requirement of the law because of my sin. And so when we Christians talk about being saved, that's what we're talking about. We also refer to this as redemption. For we were at one time the slaves of sin, even as others. We sinned because we could not help ourselves. We knew that to do it was wrong. We knew that to do it was hurting us, was destroying us, was bringing pain. But yet the power of sin ruled over us and we did it in spite of the fact that it was bringing such pain and destruction. But Jesus saved us not only from the penalty of our sin, but from the power that sin once exercised over us. Now, God promised a day when he would send the Messiah into the world. And that through the Messiah, salvation would come. David in the Psalms declared, For he shall redeem Israel from his iniquities. Talking of the Messiah. He will redeem. Speaking of the coming Messiah, Jeremiah said, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Speaking of that day of the Messiah, David said in Psalm 118, The stone which the builders refused has become the head cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hosanna! Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Prophesying of the Messiah. Hosanna! Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Now, it was important that when God sent the Messiah, the people would recognize that this is God's Messiah, the Savior that God has sent. For there would be many who would come along who were pretenders, who would claim to be the Messiah in order that they might draw a following after themselves. And so to make sure that they would know the true Messiah when he arrived, Jesus, or rather, God gave to them certain signs that they could look for. The prophet Zechariah said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming unto you. He is just and he has salvation. 
but he is lowly. He's riding on a donkey upon a colt, the fall of a donkey. Daniel the prophet told the very day that the Messiah would arrive. He said from the time that the commandment goes forth to restore and rebuild Jerusalem under the coming of the Messiah, the Prince, will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens or sixty-nine seven-year periods or four hundred and eighty-three years. Daniel was writing during the time of the Babylonian captivity. Israel was destroyed. The nation of Jerusalem was lying in rubble. But he prophesied that there would be a day in which there would be a commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And that day would be the beginning of the counting of days. Because Daniel was writing in Babylon and using the Babylonian calendar of 360 days to the year, these 69 seven-year periods, 483 years, would translate out to 170,880 days. So the countdown began, or would begin, the day the commandment would go forth to re restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Now in 526 B.C., Cyrus, the king of Persia, gave the commandment to restore and rebuild the temple. That was given unto Ezra. But that was not a commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. That commandment was not given until Artaxerxes was king. And in 445 B.C., Artaxerxes, the king of Persia, gave to Nehemiah the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And as a result of the archaeologist's spade, we've been able to discover from the records found in the palace of Shushan that that commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem was actually given March the 14th, 445 B.C. So that is the date that begins the countdown to the Messiah, 173,880 days from March 14th, 445 B.C., you should expect the Messiah to arrive upon the scene riding on a donkey. That should be specific enough that you would be able to recognize him when he came. A hundred and seventy-three thousand eight hundred and eighty days from March 14th, 445 B.C. brings you to April 6th. 32 A.D. We read the story this morning of events that happened on April 6, 32 A.D. The story of how Jesus sent his disciples into the village where he said they would find the donkey that was tied. He said, untie him. Bring him to me. And if the owners ask, why are you untying the donkey? Just tell them the Lord needs him. 
And so they went in the corner where Jesus had told them. They saw the donkey. They untied him and brought him to Jesus. They laid their garments upon him. And Jesus began to ride on that little donkey from Bethany to Jerusalem. And as they began the descent down the Mount of Olives from Bethany toward Jerusalem, the disciples were waving palm branches. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. They were putting their garments in the path of this little donkey. And they were declaring, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the King. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The 118th Psalm that was prophesying of the Messiah. The Pharisees picked up on that. They realized that these people in essence were saying, the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. And they said, Lord, you better rebuke your disciples. That's blasphemous. And Jesus said, if they would at this time hold their peace, the very stones would cry out. It's interesting to note that up to this point in the life of Jesus, he had rejected any attempt to publicly acclaim him as Messiah. People were going to, at one time, by force, try to acclaim him as the king. He just disappeared from their midst. So many times as he would perform miracles, he would say, don't tell anyone. He did not want a premature attempt of acclaiming him as the Messiah because he knew the Father had a day in which he was to pre be presented as the Messiah. It was 173,880 days after the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. It should be noted that on this day, he actually set things up. He sent the disciples to get the donkey. And now he is allowing him to be proclaimed as the Messiah, declaring that if the disciples did not, the very stones would immediately cry out. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that God had promised. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that God had promised. The day when God would say, if the disciples did not, the very stones would immediately cry out. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that God had promised. The day when God would send the Messiah, the King, the Deliverer, the Savior to the world. It is interesting that in David's prophecy, he called him the stone which the builders refused. That is, the leaders 
will refuse him. It is interesting that Isaiah said concerning the Messiah, he is despised and rejected by man and will become a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. And Isaiah went on to speak about him being put to death with thieves and then buried in a rich man's tomb. Even Daniel, when he prophesied the very day that the Messiah would come, from the time that the commandment goes forth to restore to re and rebuild Jerusalem to the Messiah, the Prince, will be 62 sevens and seven sevens. He then said, but the Messiah will be cut off without receiving the kingdom. And we realize that before that week was over, the Messiah was cut off. He was despised and rejected, and he was crucified. And that is the reason why on this momentous day, as Jesus came near the city of Jerusalem, he began to weep. And he said, O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you've killed the prophets and all that God has sent unto you. If you had only known the things that you could have, the peace, but it's hid from your eyes. If you'd only known, at least, he said, in this thy day, this is the day the Lord has made. If you'd only known, this is the day of salvation. This is the day of God's visitation. God has come to save you. If you only knew in this thy day the things that you could have that would bring you peace. But because you don't know, destruction awaits. They're going to come and they're going to lay siege against this city. The city will be leveled. The children will be dashed in the streets. And you're going to be dispersed throughout the world because you didn't know the day of your visitation. God offers salvation. God offers forgiveness of sin. God offers his mercy unto man. And even with the nation of Israel, there came that day when God presented his Messiah just as he promised he would. The day that the Lord had ordained for their salvation and peace. But they rejected the Messiah. And as a result, history tells us of the horrible siege by the Roman army. It tells us of the horrible carnage. It tells us of the children starving to death and being dashed in the streets. It tells us of the leveling of the city of Jerusalem and how that not one stone was left standing upon another in that great temple that Herod had built. 
You see, there comes a day, God's day, for each man. A day when God offers to them His mercy. God offers to them the opportunity to be forgiven their sins, to be saved. The day in which they can experience peace with God. The day when they either accept or reject the Messiah. It's the day of destiny for a man. It is the day that decides his destiny. This could be your day. The day that God has come to you. The day that God is presenting to you His Son, Jesus Christ, to be your Messiah. The day in which you either accept Him or reject Him. To accept Him is to have peace with God. To accept Him is to be saved. To receive the forgiveness of your sins. To accept Him is to have life again. Fellowship with God. Oneness, communion with God. To reject Him is to bring destruction. To be destroyed. Pilate the Roman judge asked, What shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? That's the question you have to answer today. What will you do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you are faithful and that you keep your word and that not one good promise of the scripture has failed and thus Lord we thank you that you had promised that if we would just confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that you raised him from the dead, we would be saved. Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved from the power of sin. That we would be new creatures. The old things would pass away. Everything would become new. And that you would give to us eternal life. Through Jesus. Father, this is the day that the Lord has made for many people here today. The day in which they decide concerning Jesus. They decide what they are going to do with Jesus who is called the Messiah. I pray, Father, that you will help them now to recognize that your word is true. What you have said, you will do. 
and that you offer life and hope. But also, Lord, you warn of the destruction if that offer is refused. Help, Lord, this day that men will not refuse and reject the Messiah, Jesus Christ. But may they receive him now within their hearts. In his name we pray. Amen. So we stand. You that would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's promised Messiah, the King, blessed is the King, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I would encourage you to go back to the prayer room as we are dismissed. Pastors and counselors will be back there in the prayer room. They'll be glad to pray with you and share with you the scriptures and give you some materials to help you get started in your new life in Jesus. The Bible tells us that he who has the Son has life. But he who has not the Son doesn't even know life. But the wrath of God will abide upon him. This thy day May it be your day that you discover the richness of God's love, mercy, and grace that he's extended to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Palm Sunday, the crowd was divided. There were those who were hailing him as the blessed King who came in the name of the Lord. There were others who were upset. They were rejecting him. Which crowd will you be in? Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Chuck Smith. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor Chuck's teaching ministry by visiting pastorchuck.org.